today on the Rogue Retirement Lounge. So you don't have enough money to invest in real estate. Well, today we're talking about REITs or real estate investment trusts, which give you the opportunity to invest in real estate with very low entry costs. Let's do this. Welcome to the podcast where entrepreneurs go to learn about alternative retirement investing strategies and structures and all things related to planning a successful, prosperous retirement. If you're self-employed, if you're a gig worker or solopreneur, you've come to the right place to learn how to retire wealthier, retire sooner, and retire happier. This is the Rogue Retirement Lounge. Okay, so if you've listened to any previous episodes of this show, you've probably heard that I love real estate. I own some properties in the Midwest. Last year, I bought a little place in a senior mobile home community in Arizona. Uh, I'm also in a few apartment syndications and self-storage, uh, which give me exposure to the benefits of real estate but they're totally passive. I just send the syndicator my money. They send me quarterly distributions for five years or so up to the point where they sell the apartment at a profit and then give me my share of the profits. Uh, now, these syndications are awesome. And so far, I'm getting great returns, but they don't give me the kick-ass returns I've seen with single-family homes. But as you've heard, uh, if you've been listening to this uh, show, I've spoken about the pain in the ass that I've gone through with my Detroit property. Um, and you just might find that the totally passive nature of syndications would be worth the decreased returns, just to not have to deal with the bullshit of potentially bad tenants. Fair enough. Everything has trade-offs. But all that said, even the smallest real estate syndication generally requires a $25,000 buy-in at least, and most of them are 50 or 100 grand to get into. So what do you do uh, if you want to be in real estate, but you don't have that kind of dough saved up? Well, you could buy shares in a real estate investment trust or REIT. So what exactly is a REIT? Well, um, in simplest terms, it's like a real estate mutual fund. Basically, you've got a manager or a company or trust that invests in real estate or assets relating to real estate or mortgages, um, and a pool of investors put in their money and share in, hopefully, the profits of that REIT's various investments. Now, for even a more concise definition, I pulled this directly from E-Trade. Uh, have I mentioned <laughs> have I mentioned how much I love E-Trade? I've spent serious time on Fidelity, Interactive Brokers, and E-Trade, and I love E-Trade so much. I think the user interface is brilliant, and it's got the perfect level of trading tools and resources for someone with my kind of mid-level technical and investment sophistication. Anyway, here's E-Trade's little definition of a REIT. A real estate investment trust generates cash flow through rent and leasing activities from properties the REIT owns and or operates. They strive to provide investors with consistent, relatively high income, as well as a way to diversify into real estate assets without owning physical property. REITs have low investment minimums and are more liquid than traditional real estate investments. They trade like stocks on an exchange. REITs are also viewed as an uncorrelated asset to stocks and bonds. Okay, so let's unpack this a bit because that paragraph tells exactly why I believe we should all be at least considering REITs as part of our diversification plan, especially if we don't have a lot of money. So first off the sentence, uh, the second sentence says, they strive to provide investors with consistent, relatively high income. So 
How and why do REITs provide investors with consistently relatively high income? Well, it's essentially hardwired into their charter. REITs have to pay out at least 90% of their taxable income to their investors. They do this through dividends, which are typically higher than average dividends yields that you see on stocks and mutual funds. So for example, uh, there's a REIT called uh, the Medical Properties Trust that invests in hospitals of all things, okay? Uh, by the way, Medical Properties Trusts, ticker symbol MPW, as of last year, owned 385 hospitals across nine countries. Now, that REIT pays out a healthy 5.6 dividend yield, okay? Contrast that with a stock like, say, Procter & Gamble, uh, which pays out only a 2.4% yield. Another REIT that pays well is called UMH Properties, which is a mobile home REIT that owns and operates 124 manufactured home communities, which together represents over 23,000 homes as of last year. Their current dividend yield is not as impressive as the Medical Properties Trust, but it's 3.26%, uh, which is still good. But the share price of UMH is over is up over 50% in the last year. Um, and in case you don't follow manufactured housing, it's an amazing space and a brilliant model. Most of these parks are just renting the individual spaces to the owners of the mobile homes. So the tenants own or sometimes rent the mobile homes uh, as private parties. So the park manager doesn't have to deal with home repairs, toilet clogs, or anything like that. They just collect a like a slab fee every month for every home that's in the park. They also might have to collect like maybe water, power, sewer, and cable bills from the tenants, but that's very low impact and low labor. So once you're in a mobile home park, it's not easy or it's often impossible to move that mobile home out. So uh, these places are like giant roach motels. You'll go in, but you can't come out. It's like Hotel California, right? Anyway, so these are just two examples of nice returns in the form of dividends and share value increases. Now, I know that for me, I'll never be able to personally invest in a hospital, um, but I don't think healthcare is gonna be going away anytime soon. Uh, also, I love the mobile home space, so that UH or UMH REIT is something I might just throw into. So next up in the E-Trade description was this, quote, REITs have low investment minimums. Now, the idea of low minimums is why I'm doing this episode. It's huge. If you're going to buy a house, depending on where you're looking, you're going to need 30 to say 75 grand for your down payment plus reserves. Um, if you're going to buy into a syndication, uh, like I said, you're going to need at least 25 grand. But with REITs, you can literally buy a single share and be invested in real estate. Uh, the Medical Properties Trust shares as of today are around 20 bucks, and you can literally buy a single share. UMH, the Manufactured Home Trust shares right now are trading at around $23 a share. So as you can see, these are very low entry points, and within a few months, they'll actually be paying you dividends. So when people come to me and say, I want to invest in real estate, but I can't afford to, well, I say check out REITs because you can afford to get into them, no matter how little cash you have to get started. Um, and if, if you're, say your kid wanted to get into real estate, you could have your kid buy these shares in, in a REIT and your kid would be invested in real estate. Um, and if your goal is eventually to get into a syndication or buy a house, REITs are great places to throw in every month 
as you save toward that goal. Um, and finally, being invested in these funds helps you to kind of keep your eye on the overall market, okay? Once you're invested in some sector, if you follow the quarterly and annual reports of these funds, you're going to be learning about the various markets they're in and getting yourself some real estate education in the process. So it's 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 all good. It's a win-win. It's cool. Um, and it's easy. Okay, so next up in that description is liquidity. REITs are more liquid than traditional real estate investments because they trade like stocks on a stock exchange. Liquidity. So, you know, um, George Gammon is someone I believe that everyone should be listening to. His podcast is called The Rebel Capitalist Show. I've listened to probably at least 100 episodes of that show. Um, and a lot of his stuff is deep dive macroeconomics minutia, but it's worth listening to. And you'll be smarter about how money works if you do listen to him. Again, that's The Rebel Capitalist Podcast. Anyway, the other day he was saying something like he'd rather have an 8% return with high liquidity than a 12% return on an asset with lower liquidity. Now, basically, he always wants to have access to his money in case the shit hits the fan and he needs to skip town. But me, basically, because I'm six years and nine months away from retirement, I'm not that concerned about liquidity. And the majority of my investments are very illiquid. But that said, one of the great advantages of REITs is the fact that you can get out at a moment's notice and redeploy your capital. And that just isn't the case in other real estate investments. Um, so now the last sentence of that E-Trade description was this. REITs are also viewed as an uncorrelated asset to stocks and bonds. Now this is another great reason to consider REITs. I'd say many, but not all, are uncorrelated to the stock market. Um, for example, if the stock market crashes, are people going to start moving out of their mobile homes in Florida, causing shares of UMH properties to crash? I'd say it's highly unlikely. In fact, if the markets did crash and say that caused an increase in unemployment, demand for mobile home rentals would probably go up as people couldn't afford traditional single family homes. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but I see manufactured homes as almost counter-cyclical, meaning that in bad times, they will do even better than they would in good times. Um, now, just as examples, I, I talked about that medical properties and the manufactured housing REITs, but there are a lot more types of REITs out there, and here are just some of the categories of REITs that you can invest in. So there are um, retail properties and malls, there are residential housing REITs, there are office properties, self-storage facilities, hospitality, uh, industrial properties, infrastructure, data center REITs, timberland, diversified REITs that invest in multiple categories, and what some might call uh, specialty or specialized REITs that invest in more obscure categories. So think like prisons, schools, farms, etc. Okay, so now you've got a feel for REITs. But before you buy one, you're still going to need to do some due diligence before you actually get into it. And you don't just want to buy one because they've shown a good historical return. You've heard it a thousand times. Past results aren't indicators of future returns. So what kind of due diligence would I do before buying a REIT? Well, first off, do as I say, not as I do, because I am actually going to throw into that UHM trust just from what I read about it on Kiplinger's today. But 
In my case, I happen to be in, intimately familiar with the manufactured home market. Uh, I own one. I've been following the space for a few years since my dad bought one in 2018. Um, and I know they're a gold mine for the owner operators for the reasons that I mentioned before. And they just simply are not building enough new parks to supply the demand. So in my opinion, it's a great place to be in, but don't do anything because I do it. All that said, you do need to do your due diligence before you put money into a REIT. So here are the things that I would say that you should look for. First off, there's going to be an executive team on any of these REITs, and um, how, you're going to want to find out who these people are and how qualified they are. What are, their, what are their backgrounds? Now, usually this stuff is super easy to find. You can look up the names and the bios of the leadership team on the website of the whatever the company that is in charge of this trust. Um, you can easily find the annual report if you want to see the names and the you know basic backgrounds of the people who serve on their boards as well. Now, since the REITs are regulated by the SEC, you know in general they're going to be doing a good job vetting their executives. So chances are you're just going to be looking for the number of years experience they might have and maybe where they went to school and some basics like that. But one thing that I like to do when I'm looking up people uh, like this is to Google their name followed by keywords that you might find like in an old negative article, like Dave Smith from XXXREIT followed by the word scandal or lawsuit or the like, just to see if you can find some skeletons in their closet. You know, who knows? Um if I might digress, I, I worked for a startup 20 years ago where the the dude who was providing most of the seed capital, he was a criminal and nobody knew it. And he ended up going to jail and uh, I think he died in jail. Anyway, so people do have skeletons in their closets and that's a great way to kind of find those deep old articles that might uh, reveal their true colors. Uh, but like I said, most of these REITs are going to hire or promote quality, competent people into the management positions. So the other thing you're going to want to look at in your due diligence process, which is generally the first thing everyone looks at, and that's the performance that they've had over time, along with their dividend yield. Again, past performance and all that, but it's still worth taking a look at. You know, if they've stunk for 20 years, they're probably going to stink this year. Um, another note here is that depending on the size of the REIT, oftentimes there are analysts out there who give ratings to these funds like sell, hold, neutral, buy, strong buy, etc. So take a look at what the people who watch this stuff for a living are saying about the REITs you're looking at. Don't take it as gospel, but add that analyst sentiment into your kind of overall calculus. And again, if you go to E-Trade, you can look up an ETF and they'll show the analyst ratings right on the lower right-hand side of the screen if there are any. So at this point, um, you may be asking yourself, self, this sounds like a pain in the ass. And I have to agree, it can be. The information is all out there, but you got to dig to find it. But there is an easier way. So just like it's a pain in the ass to research individual companies to build up a portfolio of individual stocks, you can save yourself a lot of work by buying a mutual fund or an ETF that invests in multiple REITs and leave the research and buying decisions and due diligence to the pros who do this stuff full time. Just Google REIT mutual funds or REIT ETFs and you'll find top 10 lists of which ones have given the best returns over time, along with their dividend yields, expense ratios, and whatnot, and you can take it from there. 
Okay, but one drawback about REIT mutual funds is there may be a minimum buy-in of, say, 1000 to 10000 bucks or more. So if you're looking for the easiest, lowest cost way to get into real estate through this method, consider buying a REIT ETF or exchange-traded fund. And um, if you want to go into a deep dive into the difference between mutual funds and ETFs, go back to episode number 28. Um, and I'm sorry if this whole episode is kind of turning into a word salad, uh, but thanks for sticking with me anyway. So one more thing, by the way, as a brief aside, uh, Dave Ramsey does not like REITs. In fact, he forbids you to invest in REITs. Uh, when it comes to real estate investing, Uncle Dave only allows you to buy real estate in cash. So if you are a member of the Ramsey cult, you have my apologies. I probably should have told you this at the beginning. And for those of you who are interested in investing in real estate, the single biggest historical builder of wealth, but who do follow Dave Ramsey's advice, here's what you have to do. Look at a market like say Jacksonville, where you can buy a decent home for 150 grand. Scrimp and save a thousand bucks a month and get a side hustle if you need to to make it happen. And then about 10 years from now, depending on the interest you get on the money you're saving, you might have enough money to buy that Jacksonville house. But by the time you have that cash together to buy it outright, like Dave tells you, that same house is going to be worth almost $270,000. That is if Jacksonville uh, only appreciates it 6% per year. So then go back and save for another 10 years and see if you'll be able to buy investment real estate in cash as commanded. It's a totally unrealistic model. And remember, Dave Ramsey did not get rich by buying real estate with cash. He got rich by going church to church, developing a platform, and then a radio show to teach financially illiterate people how to get out of debt. Buying real estate in cash is is stupid. Anyway, I digress. If anyone out there who hears my voice uh, agrees that you should only buy investment real estate in cash like Dave Ramsey requires, please feel free to write in to me and tell me how that isn't some of the dumbest financial advice out there. I'm open to it. Please prove me wrong. Okay, enough of that. So we've covered a lot of ground on just what the hell a read is, but we didn't cover any of the drawbacks. Now, unfortunately, there are actually are some. The big thing is tax issues related to REITs. Now, as it turns out, most of the dividends that REITs give out don't qualify as what the IRS calls, quote, qualified dividends. And this means that even though REITs generally pay out higher than average dividends, they're taxed at a higher rate than most other dividends, like what a stock or ETF might pay. Um, REITs do, I understand, qualify for the 20% pass-through deduction, which was part of the 2017 Tax Act. But if you want to go down that rabbit hole, I'll pass you off to your accountant. Um, but suffice it to say, most investors, like you and I, are going to pay a little bit higher taxes on REIT dividends if we're holding those REITs in a standard brokerage account, meaning not inside an IRA or Roth account where gains like that aren't taxed. Um, okay, so I need to stop one more time and make one last editorial point, and that is this. No matter what you invest your money in, I implore you, please, please, please investigate the tax consequences of the gains or losses of that investment before you put any money in. And even if you are investing in REITs inside a qualified plan, 
just call your accountant and make sure there aren't any hidden taxes. You know, in some plans, in some vehicles, you have to pay UBIT and UDIF taxes um, for some things. And I don't want you to blame me if you get into a REIT and end up with some unexpected tax liability. So just cover your bases. Now, another potential issue or drawback with REITs is their sensitivity to interest rates. Okay, so if the Fed raises interest rates, REIT prices can fall which kind of makes sense just because cheap money makes real estate more profitable. And some categories of REITs, whatever they might be, could be cyclical kind of depending on geopolitical stuff. Like if you were in REITs, for example, investing in oil uh, or oil lands last year when uh, oil prices went negative, you would have been in trouble. But the long and the short of it is this. REITs are a great way to get into real estate for next to nothing if you're just starting out. Do your research, talk to your accountant about the tax implications, and remember, if you're making double the dividend but paying 10% more in taxes, you're still coming out ahead. Okay, so remember to sign up for your BlockFi account and get started on a little bit of crypto investing. And if you're uh, currently on Coinbase, you should look up how many people's accounts have been totally wiped out or partially wiped out followed by being ghosted by their customer service, okay? BlockFi is where I'm earning 4% on Bitcoin and Ether, and I've got the BlockFi credit card now, which gives me cash back in the form of, you guessed it, Bitcoin. Uh, so click on the link in the show notes. You'll get bonus crypto when you fund your BlockFi account, and I'll get a little bonus for sending you there. Right now, that's the only way to support this show. So that said, thanks for your support. If you do go in and sign up for BlockFi. Okay, that's it for now. I will be back in a couple of days. If you have any specific questions about REITs, feel free to send me a note. That's Matt at Rogue Retirement Lounge. And if you're enjoying the show, please uh, subscribe. And if you'd leave me a little review, that would be awesome too. Have a great one. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.